Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This way, ladies and gentlemen, step this way to gaze upon an exhibit absolutely unparalleled in the realms of showmanship. The worst cosplayers on planet Earth. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Is that how you want to be remembered? Yeah, that is how I want to be remembered, and uh, that is what I did before episode 543 of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Yeah, I did some uh, really bad cosplay. Say my name. Eisenberg. Yeah, that is uh, what I I was, uh, thanks to somebody sitting right next to me. Yes, I was doing some uh, Heisenberg cosplay, and Kimmy, you are the fault. You are the reason. You are uh, the person to blame for that, uh, for the reason that I was uh, doing that cosplay. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Totally you, because you, let's, let's, let's reveal why. Because you, uh, the only reason you went back to Walker Stalker, the only reason you did day two of Walker Stalker, because you were basically done with Walker Stalker Orlando, uh, day one in just a little bit of time but we went back for one reason and one reason only and that was Giancarlo Esposito that's correct and Kimmy begged me to cosplay as something that I have done in the past and be quite honest I you know it's not one I do often <laughs> and I was like oh really and she goes yeah please I, I, I you know because we got a photo op we're going to do uh, and I'd really love you to do that. And I, I was a little leery of that. And you convinced me, so I did. And uh, we went up to his table, first of all, to uh, pick up something for a friend and ourselves before the photo op. And uh, he was rather, rather warm and fuzzy to me. And, uh, you know, uh, receptive, you know. And let's face it, you and I have seen some celebrities in the past with some people that cosplay as something that they're you know, associated with, and they're not always warm and fuzzy to it. You know, they, they you've seen it a billion times, or, or they just, you know, they're like staring off in space and they just, you know, ignore it, you know, and some do embrace it. And he was one of those that embraced it and uh, very, very nice and very warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And so then we, uh, we did the, uh, the photo shoot and uh, he uh, reenacted in the photo shoot a scene from the box cutter episode mm-hmm. he uh, tried to kill my bear mm-hmm. yeah and uh, that photo is priceless to me and uh, I, I hope i made you happy that was the key very very cool picture i i do i just hope that you were happy with that did that that make you mm-hmm. very happy okay so mm-hmm. that made the whole day was that right there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you want to see some of the photos that we have of the experience, we have them right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Also, some photos from Sunday, the final day of Walker Stalker Orlando. We have uh, pictures that we took of the floor, and we have those available right on the website, right? Literally, pictures uh, not showing the, the floor. <laughs> well, you do see you the... You see a lot of the floor because it's not covered with people. Or... It's not covered with carpeting is what you meant. Or people. Well, 
It's not covered with carpeting, Kimmy. They opted, obviously, not to utilize carpeting at this event. And mm-hmm. We've talked about that, not to be negative, that it does affect the the uh, acoustics of an, an environment like that, and also the atmosphere. Yeah, and, certainly didn't uh, look or feel very crowded. However, um, the Orlando Sentinel reported that uh, allegedly 10,000 people went on Saturday. Okay. Um, and they said that they're definitely going to be back next year. Okay, and I definitely will not be part of that one <laughs> next year. I, I'm serious. Yeah. I definitely will not be. Um, and, you know, they could have had 8,000 maybe at one time in there. I'm not going to dispute that at all. I would question how many was volunteers and associates with the thing and, uh, you know, handlers and that also tacking on to that. But even with that amount, that is a venue which has had over 50,000 people in it uh, with Megacon. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. It, was, it was not a Megacon scenario at right. all. Well, I might go back if there's somebody really good there and we get free tickets. Well, who on earth could lure you in there? Oh. I know that may be kind of hard. And it's kind of hard to say what this show will be because uh, what they, they associate with, you know, because let's let's face it, we have Breaking Bad mm-hmm. associated with this and we had Gotham mm-hmm. uh, and then some odds and ends. There were, uh, unfortunately, there was a celebrity, I'm not going to name whom or the gender, uh, that was there one day. And I don't know if they were there the whole day. Supposed to be there two days, but... Um, we saw them when they were getting ready to leave day one. I think we kind of saw that. We may have been there a longer Saturday than they were. Yeah. I think we saw it transpiring where they got ready to pull the shoot cord. Not sure. But my point is that person did not fit that show Mm-mm. that I could see in any way. Um, so I'd be kind of curious what they would bring in, you know, mm-hmm. that's associated with, with them. And, and there's probably a good chance they will be bringing him because let's face it, Breaking Bad, yeah, not Breaking Bad, let's face it, Walking Dead is doing its spinoff uh, starting in the fall. Mm-hmm. So I could see the the fall spinoff, you know, having people that they're promoting and stuff by the next uh, Walker Stalker mm-hmm. uh, as well. So yeah, it would be nobody from Walker Stalker that would uh, bring me in. Mm-mm. And uh, I mean, uh, that's From just, Walking Dead, you mean? Oh uh, yeah. There'd be nobody from the Walking Dead that would bring me in. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it'd have to be somebody else, and I right now I can't think of anything that they might bring in associated. You know, it, it, that may be a hard call. I I don't know. So yeah, you know, I'll keep that open in that case. But uh, yeah, probably. Well, if it was somebody from Gotham, you want to meet the Riddler. Oh, that see, Kimmy finally saw the season finale before uh, we we went out to the Sunday. Uh, you know, adventure at Walker Stalker. Kimmy finally saw the season finale of Gotham. It was pretty good. Um, pretty good. It was really good. Mm-hmm. And you got you got to actually see the madness. He finally went into the abyss. Yeah. Uh, the, the Riddler has now emerged. Even Fish was good. Yes. And uh, I wish I had the scene a still. I wish he had it on his table. Robert Lloyd, Robin Lloyd Taylor. I wish he had it on his table. The, uh, the scene, the image of him when he pushes her over the... The edge. I mean, just that look on his face, the, the <laughs> sheer insanity and rage and craziness. I mean, it was just, it, it was priceless. Uh-huh. Uh, very talented and gifted individual. If you ever have a chance to meet Robin Lord Taylor, please do. You will enjoy that. By the way, if you're not familiar with uh, the person who plays Gus, right? <laughs> you might want to check Giancarlo out. Giancarlo Esposito. You might want to check out our website because we have on it a link to, uh, his very first television appearance, Kimmy. And, and I wish we had seen it before 
we met him. Uh, well, uh, let's put it this way. It, uh, it, it He's different. Yeah, although it might have influenced him a little bit when he was tapping into his character in some of the chicken scenes. I don't know. Uh, anyhow, back, it's his first thing. Matter of fact, and well, Kimmy knows this because we watched them all. We, we own the series. He appeared three times as three different characters in Miami Vice. And that was, a lot of people think that's his very first thing. Uh, he was on Vice between 1984 and 1985 in different uh, episodes. But no, he did something even before that. Now, before that was Guiding Light, he did for a bit in 1982. But even before that, in 1982, he made his debut on Sesame Street as the character Mickey. And Mickey spends a lot of time with Big Bird. <laughs> and, uh, and we have that if you've never seen it it's right on our website at rileyandkibby.com and it is priceless isn't it yes and he didn't have any stills of that oh darn no. any, anyhow and it, you you can see it's him oh yeah but you know it, it's just a it's different and what's kind of, i hope our good friend uh Phoenicia, uh checks that out because she's totally unfamiliar with him and it's totally unfamiliar with breaking bad because she asked me on a social media post if he ever smiles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I commented that, well, yeah, but when he was doing photo shoots, because he did a selfie with me and, and Kimmy, and he also did the, the pro photo op, uh, he was in character, especially the, the final one, the, the pro photo op, because I was doing the Breaking Bad thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and let's put it this way, Gus doesn't smile. No. It's, well, Gus does. Actually, I should say he does when he first meets Walter White, if you'll remember, because uh, Walter, you know, is, is you know, uh, stalking him because he's wanting to meet him and, and he's not supposed to meet him face to face and so he, he shows up at that restaurant one of uh, Gus's restaurants and Gus is working the counter and doing the thing and, and Gus is like Mr. Smiles and Happy remember mm-hmm. so he does smile a little bit you do see some scenes with Gus doing that but uh, really Gus is not a smiler right at all so uh, I hope uh, like Phoenicia checks him, him out in his work and I'm sure she is quite familiar she didn't mention this but I know she's a once upon a time a fan, so she's got to know who he is and, oh, yeah. and, and his work. Yeah, you know, there. But so, she should, and anybody should watch uh, him on Breaking Bad because he is like a highlight of that show. Well, for me, when uh, I, I'm not going to really spoil it, let's just put it this way when he's no longer on the show, mm-hmm. all right, I'll just put it that way. Uh, the show's done for me. Mm-hmm. That's when it, mm-hmm. it like, you know, jumped the shark. I'm done with the show. I, I don't care for anything beyond that, to be honest. To me, that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done with it. It's, uh, and I can't watch it a second time, that next after him. Mm-hmm. I can watch his stuff mm-hmm. and prior, but right there beyond, I just don't care to watch any more of it. Right. That's, and I, I think it, it was very hard to top uh, his character and him. That was like the climax of the, the series and it pretty much after that is yeah yeah to me you know so i hope she checks it out and i hope others do too if you have not although a lot of people seem to be quite familiar who he is and who the character is and and that now another thing i like to do a shout out kimmy a shout out to somebody at uh, the event a very good friend to the riley and kimmy show and that is uh, a show promoter himself and that is our friend greg this is the part where i'm supposed to do the whole intro thingy barry allen fastest man alive but you know all that already seeing greg i sort of felt like i was reliving an episode of the new the flash tv show i felt like the flash chasing the reverse flash i have never encountered anybody like this 
at an event. Now, what, what happened is I told Kimmy, I said, you know, Greg is here because he connected with me on, um, you know, like Twitter or Facebook. And he's like, I, I, I'm, I'm here. And so I said, be on the lookout for him because, you know, I'm, I'm doing the Walter White thing, the Heisenberg thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't see that well. And, and you, you're like, I see him. And I'm like, where? And you're like, over there. And all of a sudden, I kind of, I, I pinpoint him and he is a blue blur. I've never seen anybody zigzag. There was no rhyme or reason where he was going. You know, it was like, you know, uh, see that. It was like, you know what? It's like it was trying to lose us. I know. It's mm. kind of like that. Sort of like, a, see, it was exactly like the reverse flash. Mm-hmm. He should have been wearing yellow because there's a streak of yellow and red going all over the place, you know? But I mean, and I was like, I'm going to catch him. You know, it's sort of like the scene run, Barry, run. You know, so Barry ran and I caught him. But wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like yeah and it was a pleasure to see him and i uh, look forward to his show which is coming up lake collecticon in september in uh, mount dora and it's a show it's going to be a good time for those who love comic books and also love collectibles It'll be full of toys and things like that and we have been given a table a booth there uh thanks to greg and we'll be there and we hope to see you more information available right on our website which is rileyandkimmy.com right Right. Okay, now, Kimmy, one of the things coming around on this show is we got dual universes we're going to visit here on episode 543, meaning we are going to visit something in the DC world, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be vintage. I'm just going to let you know that. Don't be afraid. It doesn't smell old, and it's something that is part of the entire nerd world of today. But before we do that, we have something else, Kimmy. We're going to be talking to a nerd, a comic book reviewer. As you know, I'm quite keen on comic books, especially the ones about superheroes. Now, we're going to be talking with a good friend to the Riley and Kimmy show, Blake Hughes. And one of the reasons this is really cool is Blake is not a paid critic, paid reviewer. He is not a comic book shop owner. Now, why is this important? Not to bash comic book shop owners, but he has no agenda in pushing or, or, or talking about any single comic book that is current he has none he's not gonna he's not gonna make a dime if you go out and buy the issues so and i'm not saying people have that but let's face that that is there's might be a little bit of an agenda if somebody goes oh this is the greatest comic book on planet earth come to my comic book store and buy it yeah you guys say oh well yeah okay or if it's somebody that's being you know got it for free and endorsing it and then they're getting paid to do the review it's not that at all that's why i like these kind of reviews with movies music plays things like that it's the individual that spent their own money and will they spend it again now he is going to be reviewing something from the marvel comics universe spoilers spoilers Spoilers. 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 Kimmy, can you guess what Blake will have? Spoilers. That's right. He will have spoilers, so beware. Let's go to our good friend here. Here's Blake Hughes with his comic book review. Hey everyone, this is Blake here. I'm going to be doing a review of the biggest comic book event of 2015, which is Marvel's Secret Wars. Before we get into it, I'm going to go ahead and let you know that this is a spoiler alert. We're going to be getting into some plot details, so if you haven't read it yet and you don't want to know what happens, go ahead and skip to the next part of the Riley and Kimmy show. First of all, we're going to talk about what is Secret Wars. What's happening is there are these incursions taking place, and an incursion is where 
two like world different worlds within the Marvel Universe are colliding and it's killing everyone there's mass destruction and mayhem so now we're at the point to where the Marvel uh, Earth that we know which is Earth 616 the regular universe is colliding with the ultimate universe Earth 1610 the two most well-known Earths in the universe so that's where we're at the, earth, the uh, worlds are gonna collide and we're trying to see what the heroes are gonna do about it so first thing when we open up to the first page the biggest thing that's happening now is we see Doctor Doom, Doctor Strange, and Molecule Man on a platform and out in the vast middle of nowhere. There's like it's just black with a few lightning clouds. So we can we can assume that they're in space, but we're really not sure. It's just vast nothing. So we see the words we are beyond, dreamers, destroyers, all of reality are whim. Who dare stand before us? And Doctor Doom responds, I doom. Now it's previously been announced and uh, revealed in the Avengers run leading up to this that the Beyonders are the people responsible for the incursions. They're the ones destroying the world. What is the exact reason? We don't know because every time a hero tries to go talk to them they get killed. The Beyonders do not want them there and they pretty much just kill them because they are not worthy. So that begs the question why is Doctor Doom good enough to talk to them and no one else? I can only assume that it has to do with Doctor Doom's encounter with the Beyonder during the original Secret Wars back in 1984. During that time he steals the Beyonder's power and I'm assuming that that is making Doctor Doom worthy to be with the rest of the Beyonders and gain an audience. Alright so when we flip the page we see that the multiverse is dying. Only two universes remain. Today Earths collide. So this is telling us that the world is going to end. Never before has there been a problem that the heroes couldn't at least try to solve. But no longer are they trying to save the world because that is not an option. Not anymore. Now it's just about surviving. So Mr. Fantastic has built a life craft to help save some of the people. It's obviously not going to fit everyone. So he's put together a specially chosen science team so that they, when they get there to wherever they're going to get, hopefully they can start life anew and help figure out what's happened and hopefully make a new planet habitable. That's what they're trying to do. Now, he's not the only one. The Cabal, Thanos and his Cabal, have also built a life craft, but they are actually stuck in the Ultimate Universe. So, they have one that regular Mr. Fantastic doesn't know about in the regular universe. So they're also trying to survive. Now, also what's happening here, for some reason the two worlds are fighting each other. We've got the 616 universe fighting the Ultimate Universe because the two worlds are about to collide and I'm assuming that they think that if they kill each other, somehow one of the worlds are going to survive. They're basically trying to blow up the other one's Earth, hoping that their Earth won't be destroyed if they do that. So, it's just basically a bunch of fighting throughout the rest of the issue, so I'm just going to touch on some of the main points. The first thing, Ultimate Nick Fury tells Ultimate Iron Man to unleash his arsenal. So, unleash, Iron Man has unleashed a massive artillery arsenal on everyone that's deadly. And we know Tony Stark has some of the best technology, so those are some pretty heavy weapons. So the next highlight, we see Drax shoot one of Iron Man's weapons, and we have Rocket saying, nice shooting Drax, there goes a billion dollars worth of red and gold crap. And Groot comes in with his famous line, I am Groot. And Rocket responds, I do remember when comic books were only a dollar. A dollar's worth of crap? So I don't think we could really say that they were a dollar's worth of crap back then with some of the incredible art they were in, but that's just some comic relief for you. 
Then as we continue, we've got Colossus throwing the Hulk in his famous move, the fastball special, which is usually saved for Wolverine. But Wolverine is not around right now because he actually died way earlier throughout the history. Died a few months ago with the death of Wolverine, big um, event that happened. Next we have the Kingpin, also known as Mr. Wilson Fisk, has invited all of the villains to a bar for one last drink. He says, you know what, we're all going to die anyways. I'm buying, let's go have a great time. So while they're in the bar, the Punisher walks in. He says, gentlemen, they say that when you die, you can't take it with you, which begs the question, exactly what am I going to do with all these bullets? Very classic Frank Castle style. He's going out with a bang and he's going to kill everyone. Next we see the invisible woman, Susan Storm, letting Mr. Fantastic know that unfortunately all of the scientists he picked out have died. They got killed. So now even if they make it to another world, he is not going to have the people that he needed to help start civilization again. Then amongst the fighting we have Cyclops who is reclaiming the Phoenix Force, which was very bad for him the first time because it ultimately led to the death of Professor Xavier, his mentor. On the next page, Rocket Raccoon gets shot and uh, Drax and Gamora are crying. Peter Quill just mysteriously disappears and somehow pops up on the life raft with Mr. Fantastic. It doesn't explain how, but somehow he gets there. Then we also have Ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales. He sees that Thanos and his Cabal have gotten a raft, and he is going to sneak aboard. So that's what he does. He sneaks aboard unseen. In the conclusion of issue number one here, we have T'Challa aboard the life raft with Mr. Fantastic and everyone else they've saved so far. And the Earth is shattering. They're about to get sucked in. So T'Challa says, we're out of time. We have to go. We've got to get this thing in the air. So they do, they get it in the air, then the life raft has a shield around it that should protect them from the destruction and everything that's happening so it will stay intact. Unfortunately, while they're going away, part of the life raft gets hit by lightning and the part of it gets detached from the main part. Now that part just so happens to be the part that Susan Storm and the kids are in, Mr. Fantastic's wife and kids. So they're no longer with the life raft. So T'Challa says we can put the shields down and try to save them, but I can only leave it down for five seconds. So there's a countdown. So Invisible Woman is protecting it, keeping it afloat with her force field, keeping it intact. But then, unfortunately, the force field winds up exploding while Mr. Fantastic is stretching his hand out to get them. And then on his way back, T'Challa has to put the shield up or the rest of the life raft is going to go. So... Just a cool little moment there after all the destruction. It's just pretty cool looking at the art here, seeing that when the shield goes back down, Mr. Fantastic's fingers are not all the way in, so the, inger, the end of his fingers actually get cut off by the shield. And then the worlds collide. That's the last thing you see is the worlds colliding. And then on the next page, we have basically a tombstone, the Marvel Universe 1961 to 2015, the Ultimate Universe 2000 to 2015. So that's the end of our review. Stay tuned and come in next week for the review of issue number two. Way to go, Blake. Yeah, for, for our first time there, a review. We'll be having another review coming up uh, in the very near future. From, Thank uh, you, Blake. Blake. Yeah, Blake. I mean, it's great to hear from you. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he's somebody we see from time to time and hopefully more often at uh, certain you know, nerd events. Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the area. And by the way, uh, Blake, in case you haven't figured it out, you are cordially invited 
to uh, our appearance, we've been invited to the Comic Book Connection uh, Comic Book Toy Show, which is going to be, it's a two-day thing in uh, July, July 11th and 12th, Saturday and Sunday in Orlando, Florida, but we will be there on Saturday. Uh, we have been uh, asked to come as special guests. And uh, it's special because Joe Peace, the show promoter, invited us. That's the way I look at it, Kimmy. Mm-hmm. And we have more information right on our website at RileyandKimmy.com to this big event. And let me just quickly uh, state this. It is going to be held at the Holiday Inn and Suites. That's at 5905 Kirkman Road in Orlando. And it is, I believe, 10 to 5 on both days. And we'll have more information about that. Mm-hmm. And if I know Joe well, he has cosplay contests, I believe, on Sundays. Mm. So we'll also be talking with Joe before that event and get some, uh, you know, lowdown. What kind of deals and things that he has going on with that? Mm-hmm. Who knows what he'll have, right, Kimmy? I know. And so, Blake, we hope you'll stop by for that because we know you love comic books and he has so many back issues and, you know, going back to the Silver Age, the Golden Age, uh, you know, bronze, modern, everything. It's just a, just a ton of stuff. So mm-hmm. it'll be fun and we hope our friend... Our reviewer will show up for that. Now, Kimmy, it's time for us to jump over into the DC universe. This is a job for Superman. Up, up, and away. That's right. It's time for us to do a conclusion to something we've been playing over the past, uh, well, five other episodes. That's right, because we've been doing a, a little, you know, chapters of a certain uh, Adventures of Superman episode back in the 1940s. This is the conclusion with... Part number six, by the way, you can check out, you know, part five and part four and part three with previous episodes that we've done, you know, you know, 542, 541, etc. This one is the Alonzo Craig Arctic Explorers part six, the conclusion It's from 75 years ago, June 7th, 1940. Here's the adventures of Superman on the Riley and Kimmy show. Up in the sky, look. It's a game! It's a game! It's Superman! And now, Superman, valiant fighter for truth and justice, champion of the weak and the oppressed. He has appeared on Earth from the outer reaches of the universe with a physical structure never before attained by mortal men. Superman, who is stronger than a locomotive, faster than a speeding bullet, and who walks about among human beings disguised as Miles Clark Kent. News reporter for the Daily Planet. When we last saw him, Kent had captured the Indian witch doctor and found that he was the missing explorer, Alonzo Cragg, completely under the effects of a native poison. As our story continues today, Kent and his friends have brought Cragg and the fabulous Indian treasure safely out of the sunken temple and back to their igloo camp. But an Indian war party is close on their trail. And as Kent remains outside on watch, Captain Walters and Professor Peters hurriedly pack up food and supplies. While beside them, the unconscious form of Crag, still bound, moans and tosses in rising delirium. <laughs> what do you think them devils done to Crag? Uh, Captain, I, I have no idea. It's impossible to say. Maybe in some sort of hypnotic trance. Without that, we'll be out of it by now. Or it may be some drug, Indian poison, something that we know nothing whatever about. Professor, what if it is? I mean, some drug. What can we do? That remains to be seen, Captain. I fear. Oh, I doubt very much. Poor fellow. Three years of this. Listen, the dog. Where's Kent? What are they yelping for? Kent! All right, Captain. Kent, what, what's going on? Are we starting? Can we make it? Can the dogs make it, Kent? Are they rested? The dogs might make it, but we're not starting. Not now. What do you mean? 
too late. We're caught, huh? The two of are coming down the trail. We've got to stay where we are and make a stand. Oh, we can't do that. They, they'll kill us. They'll murder every last one. Oh, they'll do the same if we try to leave and quicker. Get that axe, Captain Waters. Knock a hole through the wall. Hey, just a small one. I'm going to give them a taste of this rifle. Hurry it up. <laughs> in the igloo, Kent and his comrades hold off the hostile Indians. Night falls, and the Indians make camp outside, waiting. Watch them. Kent, what's the time? A little after midnight, Professor. Something wake you up? I, I don't know. What's going on? No change. I'm keeping watch. As far as I can tell, the Indians have made camp in a circle about a hundred yards away. They mean to starve us out. How many of them are there? I can't be sure. I think it's just a small war party. The rest of them are back at the temple. That's not my real worry. But what do you mean? How's Captain Craig? Oh, well, the oh, question if he'll ever recover, Kent. He's getting worse. There's only one thing to do, Professor. If there is some secret, some way of bringing Craig back to health and reason, the Indians are the only ones who know it. And I'm afraid Craig is doomed. Well, get some sleep, Professor. I'll call you when it's your turn to go on watch. Uh, all right, Ted. Uh-huh. I'll right. you all. Right. Sleep steals again through the dim interior of the tiny igloo, where hope is all but dead. But outside, high over the ice fields of Ellesmere Land, a dim shape hurtles through the night. Superman, red cape streaming in the wind, returns to the sunken temple in the cliffs of ice to force the secret of Crag's madness from the Chunalaka Indians. We find him now in the heart of the secret ice cave. They're still there. I can hear them chanting. Ah, there they are. And they see me. Now, down. Down in the middle of the temple. Now. Where's your chief? I want to talk to him. And put down those spears. Drop them. White man, you take pleasure. We kill you, white man. Oh, you want to fight, do you? I said drop those spears. All right, if you insist on it. All right. Now, where's your chief? Ah, don't try to get away. All right, chief. You and I are going to talk. What have you done to Alonzo Craig? No, you are not go. I kill you. Not this time. What have you done to Alonzo Craig? Quick. Big white captain. Uh, you never know that, white man. I never tell you. Oh, yes, you will. You'll tell me right now. I tell you, no. He medicine man. We make him medicine man. He stay medicine man till he die. You tell me what you've done to Craig, or you'll die right here and now. Come on, you. You think so, white man. Go and kill me. Kill all Indians, but you never learn secret of Kunalaka. Never, never. White man, he stay medicine man till he die. Hold Craig, Walter. Don't let him hurt himself. He's, he's getting delirious. He wasn't as wild as this last night. I tell you, there's going to be a crisis. He can't go on as he is now. Where on earth is Kent? Peters, how is oh, Captain Craig? Oh, man. Godfrey, mighty. Well, where you been? Don't mind that now. How's Craig? But, Kent, what did you do? Peters, how's Craig? Never mind the question. Kent, he's worse. 
Well, see for yourself. He, he's mad. Delirious. I've heard of that. All right, here. You hold him, Walter. All right. Thank you. Professor Peters, help me get his mouth open. Hey, what? When, Kent, what are you going to do? What's that powder? I said hold him. Now then, Peters. Yes. Oh, no. Just a second now. Yes. Do your best, Peters. Yes. Oh, he, he's what? locking his teeth. Yes. There, there you are, quickly. Yes. There. That's yes. good. You got most of it. All right, now water. Make him drink. Force yes. it down his throat. Yes. Quick. Yes. Kent, what, what is it? Where did you get that powder? Never mind. There's one chance in a million. More water, quick. Kent, what was that stuff you gave him? Look. Look at what? him. He, he's turning white. Kent, what have you done? The only thing I could. If I'd killed him. But we had the chance. Kent, Professor. Listen, Wallace, Wallace, get the rifle. It's the Indian. Careful, Wallace. Watch what you're doing. Kent, they're coming. They're coming, sure enough. Hand the gun. Here, quick, quick. No, no, Wallace, don't shoot. Don't. What do you mean, don't shoot? They're right on top of us. They're coming right for the igloo, Kent. They're here. Kent, get them. Wallace, give me that gun. Give it here. Here, here, here. Kent, they're coming right in. They'll kill us. Right, man. We come. So I see. You'll have to wait, Chief. We know where. Where is my captain, medicine man? Lying right there. See for yourself. Hmm. You wait too long. We do what we say. You wait until I see what happens. If the captain recovers... Where is treasure? We take treasure now. Captain Craig! Look at him. He's trying to get out. Craig. Alonzo Craig. What is it? What happened? You see, white captain, speak. You give us treasure, we go. Craig. Captain Craig, it's Walters. All right, Walters. And he knows me. Chief, I'll do what I said. You've done your part. You see that, Chef? Take it. It's yours. Chef, have you gone out of your mind? That's the Indian treasure. I know it. But I promise. White man, now we go. Let you go. Chef, what have you done? What is it? Captain Craig, take it easy. It's all right. Walters, how is he? Chef, he's weak, but he knows me. Say, I reckon he'll come out of it after all. Kent, Kent, I don't understand. Professor, I'm sorry. I did the only thing there was. I went to the Indians. They refused to give me the antidote to the drug. So, I bargained with them. I promised to return their treasure if they gave me the antidote. What is it? You gave them back the treasure? All those gems? That gold? It was theirs anyway. We had no right to it. Yes, I gave them back their treasure, Professor, for Captain Craig's life. And it was the best bargain I ever made. Look, look at the Indians, Professor. They're going back to the Valley of the Ice Cliffs, back to their country. And we're going back to ours with Captain Craig. Come on, we'll get the dogs on. Let's pause, Vaughn. The last time I heard it, Kent, was over three years ago. It's like coming back from the dead. Oh, we're glad to have you back, Captain Craig. Oh, and that reminds me. This ring. I took it from you in the cave. No, I... no, Kent. I want to want to say something to you. Oh, please, Captain. No, 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 don't worry. I'm not going to even attempt to thank you. There aren't words in the language for that. But I do not want you to return the ring. I want you to keep it. Captain, it's a family heirloom. I know, I know. My father gave it to me years ago. He valued it above everything else in the world. And so do I. That's why I want you to have it, Captain. Captain, I'll look here. No, no, but when you saved a man's life, and more than that, you can't refuse him one small favor. Please, please, I want you to have this ring. It carries the initials of our family. And there's a secret opening in the back of the seat. Uh, here, give me your finger. Captain, I don't know what to say, really. Well, I... We won't either of us say anything to you. We can't. But I want you to remember 
that this ring is a symbol. It's a symbol of the saving of a man's soul. Captain Craig, I'll keep this always. I... Oh, look. Look, there's Captain Walters waving to us from the bridge. We're nearing land. Come on. The mystery solved. Captain Alonzo Craig returned to health and sanity after three years of living burial. And Clark Kent with another amazing sensational story for the Daily Planet. But even while the expedition makes its way back to civilization, another assignment, even stranger and more bizarre, is taking form. Tune in next time and follow the story of Superman. And remember, be sure to tune in the next thrilling installment of the amazing transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.